and welcome. You have found yourself at the Monkey Magic Podcast, a light-hearted and affectionate look back at the classic TV series Monkey, produced by Nippon TV and adapted from the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West. This podcast will take a nostalgic look back at this morals-infused adventure and consider what lessons we could learn for the 21st century. My name is JP. In this week's episode, Buddha sends a messenger, Huai Yin, the compassionate, to find a holy man to make the journey from China to India to fetch the large vehicle scriptures. She chooses the boy priest, Husan Sang, and bestows upon him the name Tripitaka. Joined by the irrepressible monkey with his magic wishing staff and magic powers and a talking horse, this could be a journey to remember. Welcome to the Monkey Magic Podcast with me, your host, JP. Welcome to the Monkey Magic Podcast, Episode 2, Monkey Turns Nursemaid. As per usual, this episode we will look back at the plot for Episode 2, so as always, if you have not seen the episode, go and watch it first, and then come back and listen after that. Now the plot for this one, goodness me, there are a lot of things to cover, so I will go as fast as possible. We meet Monkey Still on the rock, he's been there for 500 years. Buddha, meanwhile, has sent a couple of his agents down to get this show on the road. They are amazed to find that both Sandy and Pigsy, who were expelled from heaven in week one, they have become monsters. There is great floods happening from a dragon who is crying. And the, the central character here, the, the priest that will be our leading light in the story, there is a subplot for, for him who goes to find his parents to find that his father is an imposter, a demon, which causes a battle. That proves to Buddha's employees that he is a valid candidate to lead this exercise and thus meets Monkey releases him from the 500-year prison, and they commence the journey. They are shortly robbed, and Monkey, being a very violent person, goes to town, much to the priest's displeasure, because he doesn't like violence. And then we get into a little end plot where they spend the night somewhere, and they are the victim of theft. There's a little bit of this week's episode of gender swapping. So we see Buddha's agent here, Quayan, who is a female spirit, but has taken male form. Quan Yin will go, Lord Buddha, to try to find a holy pilgrim. You, Lady Compassion. To go to Earth, to essentially enlist 
our team, our dream team. Kuan Yin Chi Fairy of Heaven? Yes. In this manifestation. For the upcoming mission to India. So that's Pigsy, Sandy, Monkey, the Horse, and of course our leader, Tripitaka, the boy priest. This episode does give Tripitaka a little bit of a backstory from his days, well his day job is, he's in a monastery and it looks like, it looks like he does have a bit of a career path there. He's probably in line to be the abbot. But in his heart, he's no sure. He thinks there's a bigger calling. And in his performance review, it turns out that the abbot is maintaining a secret from him. There is a letter that explains his background. And effectively, his mother has given him up to the monastery at some point in the distant past because she realised she was married to a demon and didn't want him to fall victim. Upon learning this, he has no choice to go back and try to rescue his mother. And what typically happens when you have a disagreement with your parents? Yeah, you go back to your grandparents and try and get them on site. And that's exactly what Tripitaka does. And his grandparents help defeat his doppelganger demon father. This gives Kuayin all the evidence he needs that holy Tripitaka is the person to lead the journey to India. Tripitaka, of course, although a male character and treated as such by all the characters in the plot, is played by a woman. A bald-headed woman, however. Not that obvious. But the voice is definitely female. Yes, I do know I owe you a duty. Even so, you know that I must go. And why? To solve the mystery. But it was just the accepted thing. Tripitaka is male. It was just accepted. So that's one in the eye for the 21st century people who get over fixated on gender dysphoria. This was 1979. No one batted an eyelid. Tripitaka is a guy. There is a heck of a lot more happening in this week's episode than last week's. So whoever whoever was the author for this particular episode probably got overtime. It felt like it moved so fast though. There was almost like four or five different plots all happening at the same time. We still, however, at the end, do not have all the gang together. We, we meet uh, Pigsy and Sandy during this episode. But, but they do not join the main party, so that's probably next week. 
I'm sort of impatient for that. I'm looking forward to them sort of just being together. And then that's real episodes from that point on. This is still just like part two of the setup. So what was the episode about? Key messages I took from this one was anything that's too easy does not have value. Now, why did I say that? A few things. Firstly, Monkey himself has been placed under this rock for 500 years after he upset Buddha by taking a leak on him in last week's episode. Now, it doesn't seem to have affected his demeanour. He's still screaming every every time he's getting a chance to talk to the clouds. Let me out! Five hundred years and I can't scratch an itch. If I get out of here, put it on, make you sorry. And quite interestingly, he's only getting fed once every ten years with a nutritious diet of iron balls and liquid copper. Which doesn't sound terribly appealing. But interestingly, the, the chap who, who would be, I suppose, his jailer that is coming once every 10 years or so, Monkey is quite happy to have a crack at him about his body odour. Like, B.O. was a topic in this. Like, so, I mean, I've, I've never really thought about it before, but do, do spirits get B.O.? Do they use things like links in the spirit world? Oh, like other deodorants are, of course, available. He was supposed to remain there until he'd learned patience. Now, 500 years have passed, but clearly he's still not really got a lot of patience. One thing, though, the Buddha does say, which resonates, is monkey nature has turned mankind from the Buddha within, but the words of the scriptures can show a way to illumination and deliver humanity from suffering. But they cannot be given too easily in case mankind doesn't value the gift. That's delayed gratification. Something that has probably fallen a bit by the wayside in the 21st century. Remember when you used to study for things and you used to try and you got a wee bit more and then you passed something? As opposed to now you just download something from the internet. What Buddha is saying there, I think, is things that are are too easy just aren't valued. And that's probably true from an economic perspective as well. That's what I definitely got from one of the aspects of this episode. Second, lack of personal responsibility. This comes through very clearly with our two monsters who got chucked out from heaven. Sandy, the former commander of the heavenly host, no less. He's living in a lake and he's a cannibal. Hey, dinner! (laughs) You look absolutely delicious. Can't wait to eat strangers passing by. Now, sort of wondering why I didn't know that. Even in the, when he's a fully-fledged disciple, he's still got a bunch of skulls around his neck like a necklace, albeit small heads. But never really twigged that he was a, he's a cannibal. 
But he is. But of course, he's like the Twitter generation. It's no his fault. Like, he's been kicked out of heaven. He's not training for anything else. So he's had to resort to being a cannibal. Well, I mean, come on. What's his words? Oh, he's never received any education. So this is the only thing he could do. I mean, come on, mate, right? Pigsy, meanwhile, he's probably worse. Yeah, worse than a cannibal, you might think. How can that possibly be possible? But he's, well, he's actually got married, right? But he's still cheesed off about this situation with the Lady Vega from episode one. And his uh, his foibles are, like, he's, he's basically, uh, I think he'd probably be up in a Me Too. I've been a wicked sinner and very unlucky. From Marshal of the Heavenly Host I fell, thrown down to this earth, reincarnated as pig monster. I did nothing much. Only kissed the star spirit Vega. Well, he's certainly becoming a cropper of the law. Like, he's bigsy, if anything, he's worse, right? He's, he's not what you would call an ideal husband. He is an absolute swine. Still carrying a lot of baggage from this incident with Lady Vega in episode one. He, he does not think he should have been cast out from heaven. And again, it's just the way I am. I'm now forced to lust after women because I have been thrust into this situation and it's not really my fault. Again, lack of personal responsibility. He's no taken a view of, right, well, I found myself in this situation, but what can I do to try and get a wee bit better? He's just gone, nah, you've kicked me out, I'm just going to be a pig monster now, and suck it. Also in this vein is the, the dragon that we meet. Now, this is the child of the old dragon king of the Western Ocean, who we met in episode one, which is a nice little bit of continuity, but... He was not a particularly nice guy. He was the one that grasped up monkey to heaven. Now, it is important to call out here that this child of the dragon, the one that's crying, or the dragon king, is clearly not the daughter, the princess, that we met in episode one. Why? Because, A, that was female, although that seems to be a bit of a, a changeable thing in this series, but that... That princess, she was like dead flirty with Monkey. So, nah, it's clearly not the same person. So that, presumably, it's like another child of the old Dragon King. But it, it kind of made me wonder, is if, if that is the case and it's the brother of the princess, I wonder if there was any ever awkwardness between the horse and Monkey. Or maybe not, because the horse doesn't really talk very much, so, yeah... Maybe that's overthinking it a wee bit. Anyway, the dragon child is crying, which is causing a lot of floods. Dragon, hear me. You will help a young priest called Tribitaka. Monkey will explain. Ultimately, he's only crying because he's been banished. And why does he banish? It's because he was eating somebody. So, you know, it's, again, if he doesn't do that, he's, there's no going to be crying. 
So what's coming across from all three of those is it's no my fault. It's no my fault. How many folk are like that nowadays, right? Isn't it so refreshing when somebody goes, yeah, I stuffed up there. But no, no, the millennial generation don't do that. And thirdly, probably it's the value of mercy. So this is shown twice by our priest Tripitaka in this episode. Firstly, when there's the interception from his grandparents to his doppelganger father, Lord Lou, who, is, uh, who has killed his real father, he begs for forgiveness. And even at the end, when he's on the journey with Monkey and they're, they're robbed, and Monkey has to fight a night demon to get his possessions back, really, it should be, you know, well, don't do that again. But he's begging forgiveness. Which, like, obviously is doing Monkey's head in, right? Because he's like, well, this is demons. You can't even recognise with these, can't even negotiate with these people. It is... In terms of personal relations, a great moment when Tripitaka meets Monkey for the first time. It's like, I don't know, it's like Lennon meets McCartney. Oi! Oi! Come here! You in that funny hat! Wait! Where are you? Get me out of here! One little aspect for the show, however, is because Monkey's a little bit of a tearaway and won't really listen to Tripitaka the only way to get him to listen to orders is Tripitaka via Buddha is given a a headband for Monkey which he he gets it on him by by a frisbee right on his head and when Tripitaka says a prayer it causes Monkey searing pain so yeah 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 this is the moment Kwan Yin mentioned. Sorry, monkey! It's agony! What is it? The agony! Oh! What is it? Oh! Don't do that! So if, again, if that was a Lennon-McCartney thing, that, that probably that headband would be like Yoko. Right? So just think of that. I've got to! And no more of your violence! If you say so! Good. That's a promise. Those were the, the key things I found this week. In terms of the the little Buddhist phrases from the narrator, there was loads this week. I'll just pick a couple of them. Do what you have to do, said the Buddha, with all your heart. The traveller who drags his feet only raises dust. The eunuch should not take pride in his chastity. So the dragon has no more cause for self-congratulation. Replacing a horse that is eaten. Yeah, so that's actually quite interesting, right? So the the dragon has been crying. It's eaten the horse, which uh, Tripitaka originally had, and but it has then turned into a horse for him. So it's like he's got a replacement horse, right? But but yeah, the the proverb here is saying that well, you know, well, thanks for that, but like you know, you just you did kill the other one, right? So yeah, so I'll get that one. What about this one? It is better to travel alone than with a fool. Yeah, you probably can think of occasions where you've been with someone on a visit. And this is very common in airports, isn't it? Where people tend to get a bit crazy. And you think, oh, jeez, if I just 
was on my own, this would be a lot less hassle. Particularly when you see all the kind of, oh no, the security section in the airport is rammed. Oh, do you have to take your shoes off? Oh no, it's just what a nightmare. What do you think we're here too early? Original transmissions in the UK, the 23rd of November 1979, in Japan, the 8th of October 1979, and in Australia, the 5th of May 1981. The trouble with the illusion of magic is that the mere belief in it only causes more demons. So we still have not got our little band of brothers all together, but we are certainly on the way. Monkey was trapped by desire and released by a boy priest. An abbot died for greed. The Buddha taught, whatever you do, you do to yourself. We want so much when we need so little. But the illuminated man wants for nothing. On to episode three, where our little band of brothers will be put together and the journey will begin. See you next week. listening to the Monkey Magic Podcast, an affectionate look back at the iconic Japanese TV series Monkey. Monkey is available on Blu-ray and DVD from Fabulous Films and will be coming to a streaming service to you soon. Meantime, please like, share and if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you at monkeymagicpodcast at gmail.com. My name is JP. Thanks for listening.